even if people around you said you're crazy, don't do it, you don't need to do that, do it, do it, do it. Broaden your mind, broaden your horizons, get inspired, and that will start to trigger a chain of reactions in your life that will lead you to that next step of finding something you love that you can generate an income from at the same time. Hello, this is Dr. Rowe, and you're listening to the Growth Tribes podcast with Dr. Rowe and Harms. This is the podcast where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to develop and record these podcasts is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine sincere hope, that by the end of each of these episodes, you'll have gained at least one insight that you can take away and apply directly into your own life. Practical tools, voices that come in from both generations, the younger generation with tips and tools and the older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience so that you can help unlock your true potential to give the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level and to give you a chance to impact both your lives and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. Welcome to the Growth Tribes podcast. Hi, it is Harms here. And on today's episode, Dr. Vo and I are tackling a super powerful question, which is what one thing we both wish we knew in our teens, 20s and 30s. And I know just knowing Dr. Vo myself is going to be quite challenging just to pick one or two things within each category, but we're going to try our best to keep this to keep, keep this actionable for everybody listening at home. So Ro, uh, over to you. What, what's one thing you wish you knew in your teens to, to kick this off? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you started in your teens because I think if we start from the teens and work to the 30s, it'll allow me to maybe recap on some of the things as we get towards our 30s. I think it's a great question, Harms, and one that I, I just was not in that space back in my teenage years. I mean, to give some perspective on this, I grew up in the 70s. So I was born in the 60s. My teens were in the 70s going into the early 80s. So that was back in the days when there was colleges, polytechnics, universities, and polytechnics, universities, and colleges were all wrestling to get students on board. It's like, how can we entice you to come in? And actually, polytechnics are pretty much phased out now. So you have college and universities now. And that the tech era that you're so used to as a millennial and the younger ones listening to this, that just didn't exist back in my day. The ZX81 computer was the computer to have. I mean, that <laughs> now you, you know, that the technology in that wouldn't even be remotely close to what's in a watch today. Uh, so we were just focused on conventional careers. We were told, get a good education, get a great job for life, follow in the footsteps of your parents. Uh, for me, it was I was good at maths, pretty good at physics. Oh, great! You'll be good at engineering. So that's pretty much what I did. Uh, today, it's a totally different philosophy. Nobody taught me about starting a business back in those days. TV was so prehistoric; we didn't have digital media in our hands. P- personal development was just embryonic. It was a tiny world in those days. Literally, you had tapes, which you probably remember, but some of the younger ones don't remember. Yep, seminars yep. and you really had to look hard to get some sort of inspiration. And I had nobody pointing me in any direction. My father had passed away at a young age. My mum was just working really hard. And personal development for me was something I almost stumbled across. I was desperately hungry to learn about it. But for me, it became something that I grew into over that period. So 
understanding the concept of communicating with impact, uh, of developing yourself, of understanding how to manage money and investing in long-term assets, that was not even closely, remotely brought into my horizon. So I think, you know, for the people that are listening to this right now and you're in your teenage years, you think, what the hell do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I've got a few things I actually wrote down in answer to your question. Do you mind if I just shout a few of them out, Harms, and you can jump in and add to that if if, uh, if that would help? Yes, please. If you start with your questions, Ro, then I will talk about my teens after that. And let's let's just take it in turns to go through the ages um, to as far as we've got in life as such. Fantastic. Okay, so my daughter is going to be in her teens in about three years' time. So these are the kind of questions that I'm going to be – I'm already talking to her about them now. If you're listening to this and you're 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and you're in that space – I've got some questions that I promise you, if you actually write these down and consider them, it doesn't matter how emotionally developed you are at the moment. Just trust me on this. The first question is this. What are you passionate about? That's one thing that any human being should ask all the way along their journey. But I was never taught to ask that question at a young age. What do you love at the moment? What are you inspired by? Uh, who around you inspires you and what is it that they do that inspires you? So the key question is, and just, just brainstorm it for now. Just capture it in a journal. What are you passionate about? Don't even discriminate against it or say, oh, my mom or my dad told me I shouldn't do this or my school teacher or my college teacher or my professor said, no, that's not going to work. Forget all that. The system has been designed to put us into a box, follow a box, follow a set of exams, get to a certain set of results. And if we satisfy those results, we may or may not get a job and we'll climb the corporate ladder. But that world has changed now. My, my world that I grew up in puts us into jobs. The world that you're listening to as a teenager now is going to put you into so many different opportunities. But it has to come from a place of passion. So question number one is, what are you passionate about? So added to that, and you could even treat this as a separate question to ask yourself although I've mentioned it already, is who inspires you right now? Who out there, whether it's a celebrity, an entrepreneur, whether it's someone like Elon Musk that's really changing and remolding the whole dynamics of the, the car market and space travel, whether it's an actor or an actress that's incredibly inspiring because they're going on to do things with the environment, they're using their name and their kudos to get a message out there. Who is ins- who's inspiring you right now? And ask yourself the question, why are they inspiring me? What is it about their nature, their values? their approach, their personality, because that will give you a huge sense of your values will be aligning with that person. That's the only, it might not, you might not get this right now as a teenager, but I tell you this, the minute you find yourself attracted to another human being, it's because your values, how you're made up is vibration, vibrationally in alignment with that person. So get inspired by people and start to capture on paper. What is it about that person that inspires me? And how can I start to model that person? How can I start to follow a similar path of success, of life, of passion, of purpose? I just want to jump in there, Ro. And I'm just going to say that is a very powerful question, which I never got once told about or asked that question when I was younger. (laughs) And what I would say is just that topic alone, we could do a complete another episode on. So what I'll do personally is I'll make a note of this because the conversation about values and beliefs and the vibrational energy and connecting that with somebody you're inspired by, I think that's a complete new subject that we can talk about later down the line as well. I mean, just to ask you a quick question, do you think the reason you didn't hear it is because the people around you are so in their world of just doing their jobs, working very hard, head down and conventionally thinking, they hadn't stopped to think, okay, what could be a different approach for you as a teenager? What do you think the reason that 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 you didn't hear that. I think personally, the reason is that once somebody's doing something on a daily basis, 
they become very narrow-minded. Mm. The only time that they start to open up their world and their vision is something you alluded to at the start of this podcast, which was personal developments, yeah. uh, seminars, connecting with people who are doing something different to what they are doing at the moment. And when you're getting taught by a teacher or a parent, we have to appreciate that they are doing a certain job Monday to Friday or sometimes six days a week yeah. and that they have a limited knowledge. It's actually connected to something I'll share in a bit with something I wish I learned in my teens and 20s. But that's personally what I believe the reason is why that question was not asked to me. I think that's a fair observation, Harms. And what I like is your honesty, because sometimes when we are, our parents, are, I mean, my, my father's passed away and my mother's still alive. But when our parents and our uncles and aunties around us are still alive, we often don't want to say what we feel about the maybe why they didn't encourage us. And it's not a criticism of them, ultimately, is it? It's just that's where their develop, development was as a human being. They, they maybe hadn't got like you as a parent. I know you and your lovely wife will have a very different conversation with your children as your parents did with you because you've emotionally developed to a different level at an earlier age by the time you get to 30. So that's a question I'm probably going to throw at you at some point, either on this podcast or another one, just so you know. Definitely, definitely a subject for another podcast, definitely. Okay, I'm going to keep going. If it's all right with you, I'm going to do one more question and very quickly a suggested action as well on the back of this for the teenagers listening to this. So the next question is this. I'm going to, I'm going to attach this to money because obviously you listen to me. Oh, that's great, Dr. Rowe, but how can I make money from something? So that's the next question to ask is, how can I make money and do something that I love? Most people think, ask the question, how can I make money? So they go off and do a career or follow a path of high levels of education and get into a job that actually later on they realize I'm making a lot of money here, but I'm really not happy. I'm pissed off. But what if you started that journey in your teens asking a simple question, how can I make money and do something I love? It'll force you. It'll get your complete unconscious mind starting to look for activities, being inspired by people that are doing things they love and generating a lot of money from it as well. Don't worry about how it's going to happen at the moment. Just start to ask the question. What do I love and how can I make money doing that thing? And who's out there doing exactly that? That's a good starting point. Your compass will start to come into alignment once you've started that process. Okay. And the last thing here, because I'm desperate to hear what you've got to share on this, Harms, is, and all of you listening to this, you're a teenager, start doing the following, reading personal development books, get to your local library. When I grew up, there was none of this. Self-help books were like, you had to dig around and find them. Now you can get them online. You can get them through Amazon and, and organizations like that. Go to your local bookshop. Start reading. Start listening, if you can, to audios on personal development. If your budget is low, go to YouTube. There's some inspirational material out there. And then the last thing is, if you have an opportunity, if anyone ever invites you to go to a seminar, a personal development seminar, even if people around you said, you're crazy, don't do it. You don't need to do that. Do it, do it, do it. Broaden your mind, broaden your horizons, get inspired, and that will start to trigger a chain of reactions in your life that will lead you to that next step of finding something you love that you can generate an income from at the same time. That would be the one action I would recommend on the back of this particular podcast. I think that's fantastic advice and a great action point for people to take away. And I know you, Dr. Rowe, I know you're going to have a hell of a lot more questions for teenagers to apply. So what we're <laughs> going to do is We'll connect after this particular episode and I will take the questions that you have for teens, 20s and the 30s and we'll put them up in the show notes because some of the questions listeners may not be able to write down and also they may not be able to remember all of them straight away. And I've personally spent some time with you. I've processed some of these questions and they're not one to two minute answers. No, they can actually take quite a while to figure out what the actual answer is. So 
knowing that we'll actually take some of these amazing questions and put them on the show notes and we'll share the website with people at the end of the episode. That's exactly where they can find the questions. That's great. Well, I mean, I'm going to reflect it back on you and talk about teens. For, for you, let, let's take the question to you from a teen's perspective. What will be your insights? What, what do you wish you'd known in your teens? Wow. Wow. What a powerful question. So I am, to put it into context, I turned 30 this year and that's you did. Uh, in hey. 2019. <laughs> so I actually now do look back on my teens and think, oh my God, what a wasted opportunity. And where I wasted certain opportunities was spending time. There's two things really spending time where I was not going to get a positive result from the things I was doing. And I can be open and honest with the audience now. I was a bit ashamed of it in my 20s to now admit it. But that spending time uh, playing video games, getting sucked into television series. Um, and I mean watching block series, television series from episode one to episode like 24 in the two day window. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so we I, didn't have that harms. I, I just, that wasn't even in our sphere of influence. We had nothing like that to distract us. Whereas for, for young people like yourself, wow, it's just all out there, isn't it? Almost too much overload. It's all out there. And, and actually that raises a great point. Something I wish I learned in my teens was how on, how the hell do we handle this information and technology overload yeah. that our generation is going to? But that wasn't a, that wasn't a massively important thing for me. The biggest thing for me in my teens was I wish somebody taught me or taught me the lesson or told me a story which would allow me to understand this fundamental principle, which is people actually don't care that much about what you're doing, that much about what you look like. People actually don't care that much about what you're doing, period. And because what I felt the biggest distraction was is I have to do this, this, this and this in order to impress these other people. If I behave in a certain way, I dress in a certain way, I right. watch certain things, then the people around me will look at me in a better light. In other words, but you're I, cool. You fit into the gang. I'm cool. I fit into the gang. Right. And only when you're in your 20s and 30s, you start realizing what a waste of time. So a message for me speaking to teenagers out there is just don't give a damn about what other people think. I agree. Just be on your own path. Uh, plug into the, exactly the same actions that uh, Ro has taught you on this this episode one of the Growth Tribes podcast. And just, just be yourself. Be your authentic, real self. And just stop caring about what other people think around you. Because I went through that pain. And boy, does it it does it lead you off course it takes you so far away from who you are as a person because you're now in a world where it's hang on a minute is this me or is this something i've created for myself to fit in and yeah. i think that's my biggest biggest takeaway from my teens that's a very powerful message i mean as you're speaking the, the phrase that comes to mind and it's one that i've heard over the years in different spaces and in a different way but it's not about impressing people don't think about that but actually start to think about inspiring people and inspiration comes from a different place whereas impressing comes from a place of ego inspiration comes from a soul-driven purpose-driven life and even taking that thought on board at a young age will change the way you behave and the fact that you're even saying that even in your 30s there are people that don't even think that now in their 30s they're still trying to impress other people the biggest indicator if you're in your 20s and 30s and you feel that way the biggest indicator is is just what you're spending your money on. Um, I think that's a big telltale sign. 
yeah. on what you're spending your money on is 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 that in alignment with your values and beliefs or are you spending your money on that to keep up with the joneses um because if you buy a mercedes or you buy a particular brand of clothing that that will make you look better in society or in the little or in the circles that you spend time in and i think that's a big telltale sign especially in the 20s and 30s um that you haven't gotten over the fact that you're still thinking about what people think about you and they actually don't care that much <laughs> yeah it's in the moment there's a momentary care but that's it if you i mean those of you in your teenage years think back to when you're at school and you first had a mate or a friend that you fell out with and you're upset about it. Maybe you were seven or eight. You look back and you think, well, what was I worried about that? Well, that's how we tend to look at it. When you get to your 30s, you look back at your teens like that. When you get to your 50s, you look back at your 30s and think like that. I'm sure when I'm 70, I'll be looking back at my 50s and thinking, why did I think like that? So the wisdom of this comes with time. You can't escape that. But what we're trying to do, I guess, here is share some of that wisdom so you think differently at such a young age. Think differently, change the world, and almost fast forward. And yeah. the idea of this podcast in its entirety is just to allow you to fast forward um exactly and i guess not make some of the mistakes that we've made and some of the we're, we're going to bring you some friend stories and uh, hopefully get some guests in the future and they will help you fast track uh, your own personal development yeah totally agree so on that note shall we now tackle our 20s <laughs> okay let's go back to my 20s so 20s that would have been Oh gosh, for me, 1986 onwards. Uh, so let me let me talk about that world for me very briefly. Head was down. I'm sure if you're listening to this, something similar. You kind of got through your exam period. You may be studying at college, university, etc. Head down. For me, it was degree, uh, girls, climbing, which I <laughs> love to do. Uh, sometimes climbing came before girls, the other way around. Uh, getting my qualifications. My father had passed away, but I still had that inherent Asian background, which is you need to study hard. You've got to get good results, go into engineering or optometry or pharmacy or something like that. It was like a real, everything was about, and back in my day in, in the profession of engineering, there was very few people of color, Asian or mixed ethnicity high up in the career. It was mainly in civil engineering. It was primarily Caucasian uh, men, not even ladies, actually. So women had the same challenge. Women, uh, black Asian people had a similar challenge in engineering in those days. You really had to get good grades and be seen to stand out. And so that's all I could focus on, getting good results and to get on a good career. Okay. So that was my focus. Having said that, at 21, 22, I started a network marketing business. And not long after that, I tried to sell jewelry. I went to doors, knocking on doors, trying to sell to ladies uh, jewelry and things. I, I knew that there was something I needed to do to generate more income. And I had a kind of must have had a natural instinct for wanting to start a business. But unlike today, where there's this amazing set of information out there, there was nothing back in those days. So I was just fascinating. Yeah. I didn't know that about you. That's fascinating. So this is <laughs> yeah, great. I'm, I'm loving ago. this podcast. Yeah. So I, I tried all sorts of funny. I mean, I literally had a little black uh, sort of case thing. And then it was all this uh, jewelry that was sort of blingy jewelry. And I would have little house parties and stuff like that whilst I just finished my degree, just started my PhD. So even when my head was down, I was playing around. And, and my lecturers and some of the people around me that knew I was doing this were like, what on earth are you doing? 
why are you doing that? You know, you're studying to get your PhD. You're going to be a doctor of engineering. Yeah. And, I, and I just, I was just like, I'd re- I was reading from 18 years of age. So I was already reading personal development in my early 20s. And I just knew that I needed to do something. Most of the material is American. So the Americans, I think, are more entrepreneurial at a younger age. And, I, and in, in this country, really, the only thing accessible was network marketing. You could do it at any age. You wanted to start a business. Oh, my gosh, I'd have gray hair in your 30s or 40s. So I was just grappling around for something. And that's when I started speaking in front of colleges as well. I had a sense that I wanted to expand. I just didn't know what it was. I had no business mentors. There was no business coaches back in those days, certainly not talking to some 20-year-old that's at university. And I just read. I, I, I've lost count of the books that I read in those that period between 20 and 30. I listened to audio programs. I sat with tapes for hours, had a tiny little mini car, and I'd sit there with my mini. I'd be driving, going to seminars. And all this was coming out of any money that I could raise. Anything I made, I just put it back into buying. I spent maybe 40 or 50 quid, which doesn't sound like a lot today, but that's what I had back in those. And I'd buy tapes with that, maybe three or four hours worth of tapes. Les Brown, people like that. Zig Ziglar. It's learning, 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 learning. That was my 20s, studying academically and and without realizing it, laying the foundations, what what would really become my journey in my 30s, really launching into business, which obviously is what I do today. But that was an unconscious foundation, which I had no idea was being laid at that early stage. And it was uh, it was in a time when you know, YouTube didn't exist. We didn't have phones. I think the first phones came in the 80s. They were like slabs. There was no access to any digital media whatsoever. You literally had to go and f- audio tapes. And sometimes it would take two or three weeks for the takes to arrive in the post. And sometimes they arrived and they were smashed and you had to get more. That's how prehistoric it was oh, back wow. in those days. So if you said to me, Ro, okay, with that in mind, a 20-year-old today, what's available and what should they do? Let let me give you three things because I think we're on the theme of three here. So number one, please do this, develop your communication skills. I I ran an event recently and and the opening statement at the beginning of the event in front of 100 people was communication is the new currency. In relationships, it's an amazing currency to build relationships, the flow of passion and connection between two people in a job. You can communicate, you'll move very rapidly to the top of the company. In a business, you can communicate, you can attract angel investors, joint venture partners, you can sell more products, you can get clients coming into you, you can do video material straight to camera, straight onto YouTube, whatever it is, into your social media, Facebook, etc. It is definitely the skill that's missing for most people in their 20s, and they think they have to develop it ad hoc. You don't. There's a way to do it, there's a system to do it. So that's the first thing. Develop your communication skills. I'll just jump in and add to that row and just to just to reinforce that really. So I recently read a book called Sapiens and it's a it's a million plus copy selling book out there. And the author's a historian and is fantastic content in that book. And he actually says there are four C's that should that we should be teaching our children now to get ready for the future. And one of those four C's is actually communication. So I think just to reinforce what you're saying there. This book has gone out to millions and it, it absolutely, I totally agree. And that was a big wake up call for me. And actually, that's what, one of the reasons I attended your event uh, in November as well, just to, just to master the art of communication. Yeah, I, it's it's so overlooked. But if you look at the great leader, think about every leader in history, even the leaders that we are controversial and maybe have changed history in not such a positive way, the reason they were able to capture people's attention and move a country or a, a mass of people is because they were great at communicating. Now you add to that somebody with great values, great morals, 
you can change the world. And that's what we need more of right now at this moment in time as you're listening to this. So that's the first thing. The second thing is plan. You're in your 20s. And there's three things to plan. Number one, plan your money. Start to manage your money in a more effective way. Find a system for money management so that as you're starting to earn more money through your 20s into your 30s, you've already got a plan in place. Secondly, plan your time. Don't waste it. Harms talked about this earlier on from the teens. Look at a 24-hour day. How much time is spent at work? How much time is spent with family? How much time is spent on your health? How much time is spent actually evolving, developing yourself and starting to put in place a business parallel to whatever you're doing? Number three in the planning is your investments. Where's your money going? Don't piss it away. Don't squander it. Take an allocation of it and start to invest it. Small amount of money grown over time, compounded, generates a huge amount of long-term capital wealth. And the last thing is this, have long-term family plans. You may not have kids right now, but start to look ahead. What could you be doing and putting in place now so when your kids are around in 10, 15 years' time, you've already got financial preparation because I meet so many people in their 30s and 40s that are struggling that come to the seminars I run on property. And, they, and you've seen this as well, Harms. They're desperate because they haven't got enough money to look after their kids. They need something. They need a vehicle. Exactly. And just to add to that point, they they never got this advice in their no. 20s. And that's exactly why they're in that position in their 40s and 50s. But all credit and kudos to them. They're now seeking that advice True. by doing exactly what you said at the start of this podcast is read the books, go to the seminars, connect with the right people, the influential people. So kudos to them. But I totally agree. And we do see it very often. People want to learn about property. And it is because of these reasons they never planned in their 20s for their 30s and 40s. It's very true. I mean, even as you're talking, the notes I've got, I've got, I've got, well, there's probably about 12 different points in this particular period, because I think the 20s, as you know, I met you in your 20s, is such a, it is literally a critical life turning point. For me, my 20s, I got my PhD, I started to get into business, and I thankfully got into personal development. So even as I'm talking, it's the biggest list, oddly enough, it's bigger than the teenage years, because now you're starting to get some emotional development. So I'm going to pick one other area and I think you're going to put the rest up so they've got access to this afterwards. And yes. my, my other suggestion would be, Harmon, for the people listening to this right now is it's combined. It's, 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 it's expand on your personal development. And that has two elements to it. Number one, start reading every single day, 15 to 30 minutes, a personal development book, not a fiction book, but a book that's going to expand your mind. It's a provo It needs to be provocative enough to get you to challenge your world around you, the people around you. I know you love your family, you love your parents, but their view of the world may be different to the one that you're evolving at the moment. You want to be entrepreneurial, you want to be free, you want to travel the world, you want to influence the world, you want to be able to have the, the quality of life that somebody that's stuck in a job doesn't have. Don't take advice from someone that's stuck in a job. No disrespect to them, but that's the path they've chosen. You're listening to this because you're on a different path. So part of it is personal development. Read. And second part of that is don't just read, but surround yourself with a peer group. Exactly what you've just said. People that are older than you, that are more experienced, that are on a path that you want to be on. That means getting to networking events, seminars, anything that allows you to rub shoulders with other people that are on a similar journey to the one you want to be on. Because otherwise, by default, you'll hang out with people that are static that are stuck doing the same thing and it will rub off on you. And before you know it, you're down a pub having the beers. A year's gone by, five years gone by, and then you get pissed off and you think, shit, I need to do something about this. So change your mindset and change your peer group. That's the only other big item I think that we need to cover in this particular section. The rest we can put up afterwards. That's awesome. And what we'll do just on those topic alone, 
I've made personal notes. We'll expand on those points in future podcast episodes yeah. as well. And that list, if you can get that sent over to me, I will get that up on the website. So people can literally go to growthtribes.com forward slash podcast and have a look at the show notes. And all of these powerful questions will be there and we'll segment them in the teens, 20s. And I think we're going to touch on 30s as well. I mean, Harms, just so you know, I've when you asked me the question prior to the podcast, I just sat down and I imagined I'm opposite a teenager coaching them or I'm opposite a 20 year old coaching them. And you know this. Typically, if a parent pays for that, we're talking about thousands of pounds of my time to coach somebody. So all I'm doing here is I'm just unloading questions that they're provocative enough to people go, bloody hell, you know what? If I can follow this process, your thinking changes, your paradigm changes, the way you question things changes. So if they can do these exercises and do them thoroughly, it will literally change the way you see each day, each opportunity. Your 20s becomes an exploration of life as opposed to a consolidation of what you did in your teens. It should be expansion, not contraction. That's fantastic advice. So for everybody listening at home, or if you've got a friend who would massively benefit from this advice, is treat this as a mini coaching session. Yeah. And because, because let's be honest, not everybody has the facility or the know-how or the right people around them to go seek out the coaches immediately. So this is the benefit of this podcast. They can treat this as a mini coaching session. Um, I know your background, you've coached, I mean, probably hundreds, is it thousands now you've coached? Well, if you take groups as well, yeah, it's into its thousands. It's into its thousands. So treat if you're listening at home or you're listening through the headphones or you're taking a walk, treat this as a mini coaching session. Yeah. Awesome. Well, okay, whilst we're on it, because you are part of that journey with me and it's great that we're sharing that this message now but i met you in your 20s talk to us about your 20s from your perspective because you're a lot closer to that for the listener than i was yes and and to be honest i'm still processing my 20s so <laughs> my 20s were literally split in half uh, so i had 20 to 25 as one person i had 25 <laughs> to 30 as a completely different person that's the initial way i can describe my uh, 20s I actually saw the split happen. That's the fascinating thing for me. I witnessed it. You witnessed the split happen. Absolutely, you did. And you was a part of the journey. When we talk about influential people and having the right coaches on board, right. uh, that's that's the part you played in my life. And now fast forward, look where we are now. We're on a podcast sharing a lot of those learn learnings out there to the world, yeah. uh, which is absolutely incredible. So what I'd say about my 20s is I was also, and it's not typical, I am Asian, Indian um, male from the UK, I was also an engineer. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Leading up to my up to 25. And it was at that point where somebody had, it was actually my wife, had put a personal development book in my hand at the age of 24 or 25. Fantastic. Which that personal development book had been passed down from her family, but nobody had really read it. And that was a fa that's the fascinating bit. Uh, even my wife had not read it. And I had opened this book at 24 and, and was like, those things you just spoke about, about challenging your beliefs, challenging the environment around you, challenging the job system, the school system, all of that was laid out in this book. And I was like, what the hell? And I know you talk about turning points, but that was <laughs> a big turning point in my life. So the advice we've given to teens and 20s about reading, I luckily happened to just come across this book at the age of 24, 25. Then I went into my second phase of my 20s, which is exactly the, the thing you pointed towards, which was exploration. 
to put it into context, in the last five years, we built a property business, we built a digital marketing company. Within that company, there's multiple things that we do. Mm. And all that, everything there has allowed me to pursue my passion, which is every day taking taking a step closer to just helping people and getting a positive message out into the world. Well, just to add to that, and I know you're being humble about this, but what those of you listening don't know is that some of the clients that Harminder's digital marketing company service are multi-million pound global companies. And that's happened in the space of just a few years. It's powerful stuff. It is powerful stuff. And it's all because of the, the questions asked to us and reading the right books, attending the right seminars. And from there, the expansion was massive. So one of the things I always occasionally think, I've, I've now stopped thinking it, but I always occasionally think, what if I had started when I was 20? What if I had started this when I was 18? Right. What, what level would I be at now? But everybody's on their own path. True. Certain things happen at the right time. Like we met you at the right time uh, now four or five years ago. And that's where we shifted into the next part of our 20s, which is phenomenal. I think so, it's also important to add to people listening that you do not work for anyone else now. So you you left the conventional workplace within what, two to three years of that changing point, that turning point. Absolutely, because that actually ties perfectly with the thing I wish somebody told me in my early 20s, which is learn a profitable skill. Right. Um, and the profitable skill needs to involve an active income and a passive income. Yeah. The active income with some additional skills can be used to purchase assets which allow your your financial security to be ticked off. Because what I didn't realize is that it is genuinely possible to have financial independence. And once money is not a problem, and once you don't have to clock on and clock off nine to five every day, suddenly the world is completely open to actually explore and expand. And that was the biggest learning for me. I wish if, if you're listening to this now and you're in your early 20s, start to learn about assets which generate passive income. Because once you have nailed that, even if it takes four or five years to put that into place, you now have the rest of your 20s to explore and start to identify exactly what you want to do in life. And that's commonly known as your passion. I agree. And I think just to add to my observation of your expansion and your wife's genus is that you have, and this is a personal message to everybody, you've maintained that growth, but with humility. You haven't allowed ego to stop that level of growth. So where you've needed to expand, you haven't said, well, you know what, I don't want to tell people about this. I don't want to admit that this is an area that I'm weak in. Or I don't want to appear to look stupid, which you might have done in your teens. There's this complete transparency. So I believe that having seen you and some of the people around you, the reason that you've risen so quickly is because you've maintained a genuine blank page. You just said, you know what, there's, there's space here to write inside my soul, inside my mind. And I just want to find the people to help me write that. I think there's an ego that you've moved aside and said, you know what, I, I'm, I know I'm good at what I do, but I'm not so out there that I'm not prepared to learn. And I think that's a massive message for everybody listening. Just move the ego aside and be like a blank canvas and soak up as much as you can from the people around you that are in a different place to you, at a better place than you. That's amazing. Those are kind words. Thank you so much. When I did move the ego aside, because that is that is extremely true, when I did move that ego aside, I was, however, very focused on connecting with the right people and mm. learning from the right people. Um, I think one of the challenges people still have in their 20s is that they're still taking advice from people who are not doing what they're saying 
They're taking advice from their parents. They're taking advice from their university lecturers. Again, no offense to them, but if your passion is to be in the creative world, as an example, and you want to be a, a dancer, a musician, uh, you want to be a master of design, you want to be completely engrossed in writing and, and the creative arts, you not you cannot take advice from a certain career advisor or your parent who wants you to become an engineer. There's it, there's just a conflict of interest there, and there's not there's no, you're not getting the right advice from the right people who have actually made a success of where you want to go. That's just adding to the point you said there. So yes, once we did start to expand in personal development and seminars, one thing we were massively, uh, one thing I was massively adamant on is that I'm taking advice from the right people. Yeah, 100%. And that kind of will lead me at some point, I want to pick this up a little bit as we finish up into the 30s. So I'll, I'll pick that, that train of thought up again in a moment. On that note, Ro, I have just turned 30. So <laughs> I've got nothing to say on this topic. So I'm going to fire the question <laughs> to you and just let me know, as well as the audience, what do we need to watch out for? What did you learn? Uh, what do we need to know in our 30s? Very good question. And OK, so uh, on that note, then, so my 30s were I was now just become self-employed to sort of put this in perspective. We are now in the 90s, so a very different era now. Technology's changing. The, yeah, uh, emails were like, oh, well, we can email people. It was all starting to kick off, and uh, there was things like uh, AOL.com was how you emailed. There's all this great stuff, and now there was some technology coming into play. So for me, that world was just evolving. Uh, I, I was by then self-employed, so I was working for other people for money as opposed to for a job. I was now invoicing people. So that was a change for me. And I was looking for something, as you mentioned already, that could produce a passive income. I was reading books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And there was a shift that happened about 10 years later than your shift. I was about 34. So for me, it was about realizing I desperately needed to get passive income in place, which is exactly what you realized and you identified in your 20s. For me, it came into my 30s. So we had to accelerate very quickly and we bought some 40 odd properties in our first year of officially expanding our portfolio and, and getting educated. It was a, a massive compression of time. But, that, but I have to say, I also went through some big personal challenges, which included health challenges in my late 20s, early 30s. I was working long hours still in my just as I transitioned into my personal development of uh, self-employed status just prior to that. I was working a lot of hours in my career. I had emotional meltdown. I started to develop lumps on my chest. Hair fell out. Don't laugh because I know I'm bald now. And there was a lot going on on a personal level. I then found myself in a situation where I was going through a divorce into my 30s. So a lot of outside pressure, work pressure, long hours, misalignment of values. Or I hadn't got myself to a place where I had anyone coaching, guiding me in, in a, on a per, deep personal development level, albeit I was going to seminars, I was still integrating all of that together. So for those of you listening, the 30s is a challenging period because you're questioning where you're at. Is this the right career for me? Am I in the right relationship? Why aren't I in a relationship? I want to have kids. How do I make more money? I can't see myself doing this in the next 10, 15 years. There's a load of stuff going on when you get to your 30s. Whereas you, Hamid, are listening to this and thinking, right, I'm financially dependent. How can I expand my life? How can I grow as a person? Your questions are much healthier because you're coming not from a place of desperation or pain, 
which I think a lot of people, by the time they get to mid-30s, are in. You're coming from a different place. Okay. So I kind of need to tackle this slightly differently. And I'm going to approach it from, I'm going to assume that most people in their 30s listening to this are generally feeling a sense of ah, frustration because the midlife crisis doesn't hit people in their mid-40s anymore. It nearly always hits people in their mid-30s. And how do I know that? Because I've been in front of hundreds of thousands of people now at seminars about life transformation and wealth transformation. And you've been there with me as well on, on a lot of these now. You've been in front of thousands with me. And they're nearly always in their mid-30s, aren't they? Uh, yes. So the people in their mid-30s are coming from the greatest pain point now. Yeah. Um, but I'm also pleased that there's people in their 20s starting Correct. to realize this early. So there are people in my category, but True. the people in their 30s are coming from a pain point and they Correct. are asking those questions such as, um, what the hell have I been taught? Yeah. The, How the come promises, nobody taught me this before? Yeah. And the promises I've been made, the promises people made to me and said, it's okay. Things will be looking bright for you in their 30s. None of that came to, to fruition. And now they're thinking, whoa, uh, we need some help. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of why they come and approach us. And these are people with degrees, with PhDs, with masters, with MBAs. And they're like, why? What did I do this for? I'm not even in my career that I studied. I've had to go into another career. So there are several things to consider here. And I'm just going to throw this out there. And then if we want to add to this, we can through the follow up behind this. But the first one, and, and I'm going to say this quite candidly, is if you're listening to this right now and you're already in your 30s, Go back and review all the questions that, that we've already shared with you for the teens and the 20s. Why? Well, I'm in my 30s. Why do I need to go back to them? Because it's the same fundamental questions. For example, what are you passionate about? Who around you inspires you? You're just resetting your compass now 10 to 15 years later than somebody who's doing it in their teens. You still have to ask the same question. So that's one of the ones I wrote down here is what are you passionate about? Whatever you're doing, if you're not passionate about it, why are you not passionate about it? What is it? Well, because it's a functional thing. I studied it in my degree or in my college years, but I'm not happy. I'm not excited anymore. Okay, so what are you passionate about? You've had 15 years longer than a 15-year-old. That means you've got 15 years of experience, 15 years of what does work for you, what doesn't work for you. You may be in and out of relationships. You may, may have made money some places and lost money other places. You may have seen opportunities come not taken them and then wish you'd taken them now you have life under your belt 15 to 20 years more than somebody who's 10 to 15 to 18 years of age so what are you passionate about and added to that what are you passionate about that you believe you could monetize there's so many people out there now turning an idea into an income so that's the other question behind that. What am I passionate about? And what am I passionate about that I could monetize? And this is where looking broader, starting to learn, mixing with the right people comes into play. Does that make sense, Harms? That makes absolute sense. And I think a powerful statement you made there was resetting your compass. Yes. And I would say it's totally okay to reset your compass because if you don't reset it, you don't make a change, then the same thing is going to continue to happen. You're going to still feel in that same place of, of feeling in a rut and I say it is totally okay to reset your compass. Um, I've done it on multiple occasions now, and it's such a relief every time I reset my compass because it's better to make a change and get back on course than be miles and miles and miles off course. And then you're like, wow, I can't get back on course again. And I think that's where we sort of see people come and approach us where they're so far off course, 
and they've never reset their compass. Very true. And I think that when you get that far off course, there's an emotional leverage to that as well. You realize something has to happen. But better to make the small increment changes now than some massive incremental change seven years from now when you're nearly 40, for example. Uh, And I think that comes down, I hope you're okay if I mention this, but that comes down to the creation of turning points. So if you're thinking, well, how do I start that? If you haven't had a look at already, go and get a copy of the Turning Point book that I wrote in 2011 because it takes people through that whole process of reevaluating where you're at. So in your 30s, a great exercise to do is what are my top values? What am I most passionate about from a values perspective? What are my core beliefs about who I am, about money, about the world, about relationships, about health? It's about resetting those values, resetting those beliefs. And then behind that, redefining your purpose. And that's a process that you can go through. I know, Harminda, you've been through it. You've been through it with your wife. And it's a doable process. Most people go, where do I start? Six-step process. I mean, I can't stress that enough. And it's a functional process. So it's not like you have to get too emotionally involved. If you came to a live event, it can be quite emotional. People start to have breakdowns and they're releasing. The nice thing about reading it is you can quietly internalize it, process it, map it out and go, oh, my gosh. My compass is pointing in this direction, but now I need to be going in that direction. That's fantastic. And what we'll do is we'll put that book and any anything else we've mentioned in the podcast in the show notes as well. The six-step process to change and transformation. Is it okay if we pick that up on another episode? Because I think that's so powerful. Hmm. Actually, that's a very good idea. We could almost break it down to give people a guide on that, actually. Excellent. Yep. Uh, the last one I want to add to this is if you haven't done so or in your 20s already, and for the ones in their 20s, Hamid has already talked about this is start to look at other vehicles. If you're in your 30s and listen to this, start a business, find a business that will provide you with some form of additional secondary income, whether it's an Internet based business, whether you're selling digital products, whether you want to create digital products. Maybe you've got a talent for speaking. You've never digitized it, whether it's learning to trade the stock market, whether it's looking to buy properties and invest in a passive form of income. Do something. Start to find a way turn the TV off, cut down on your social life. You've got some catching up to do if you're in your 30s. Don't kick yourself and say, shit, I should have done this in my 20s. That's done now. You're in your 30s. This is a point to reset, but you really must start to, I mean, I remember I I literally had this awakening at 33, 34 years of age. I was not in a good place. I was going through a divorce and I was looking up at the world thinking, if I don't make a change right now, I can see myself in a snap being 40 and just regretting this. And that weighs tons. So it's okay to lift yourself up, dust yourself down, press the reset, forget the ego, let's move forward. And that's what we're here to do through the podcast with you. Totally agree. And just to close off that particular point, you mentioned it You mentioned it slightly earlier in the episode, which is if you are resetting your compass now, just look at the positive positives you can take from your experience being 15 years ahead of somebody who's in their teens and look at all the strengths and positives that you've gained over that time and keep hold of those. And whilst you're setting the compass and you're dusting yourself off, don't forget about the great things you are and the great things you've done. Harms, I think, you know, everything you're saying here is fantastic because it's really compounding and adding to my personal experience of being through the 30s. I think if you're listening to this right now and you're in your 40s or 50s, or even older, and you're thinking, okay, you haven't tackled that in this particular podcast, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Because if I was sat with you coaching you, the questions we're talking about for the teens and the 20s and the 30s are all relevant to anyone at any stage in their life. The reason that we structured them this way is because 
I know for someone in their teens, there's certain questions you can ask early. But as you've already talked about, harms, you know, this resetting process can happen anywhere. At this stage, I would focus back in on the questions if you're over, over your 30s and which ones resonate and go and have a look at the full list of questions, which I think Harminder is going to put back up after this podcast. And that will help start to guide you. And we can come back and talk to the older generations in a later podcast. So, Harms, you know, thank you. I think this has been a great session. And I think we've got a lot of content across here in a fairly short space of time. Awesome. And I just want to say thank you massively, Ro, and all the listeners for coming together and making the first episode of Growth Tribes a feature-length episode. <laughs> and it is a longer-than-normal episode. We planned on this for being 20 minutes maximum but we wanted to tackle a big subject a big subject because we wanted to let you know where we are going with the growth tribes podcast and it also allows us to sort of introduce ourselves on who myself and dr Rowe was in our teens 20s and 30s thanks arms one thing i'd like to add to those of you listening is that this is our very first podcast. And for that reason, Harms and I made a decision that we wanted to be a big question, a, a topic that we know is on a lot of people's minds. And for that reason, it has a lot of content. So typically our podcast will be around 20 minutes or thereabouts. This is double that. The reason for that is a huge subject to cover. So do listen all the way through. And as you're listening, even if you might be in your 20s or possibly 30s, we're going to go all the way through from teens to 30s and know that these are really powerful questions you can be asking yourself. And also that as we go into future podcasts, they're going to be shorter. Uh, so this is kind of a feature length, length podcast to start with. Enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I can't wait for you to hear some of the questions we've got to cover with you. And finally, to wrap up, we want to leave you with one specific action. Because one of the impacts we want to have on your life at the end of every Growth Tribes episode is a specific actionable step you can take to make a positive change in your life. So in episode one, the action we'd like you to take is head over to growthtribes.com forward slash podcast, where you will have a complete list of coaching questions that we covered in today's episode and more, and just work your way through them in your own time. Um, some of the questions can be answered immediately, whereas some of the answers will take time to develop because it's the first time you would have ever been asked or seen that type of question. So enjoy the mini coaching questions. We hope that it has a positive impact on your life. And that is myself and Dr. Rowe signing out for episode one of the Growth Tribes podcast. Hello, it's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would both like to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Growth Tribes. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal level, on a professional level, to help your life, maybe even other people's lives, then we'd love it if you could take action on one of the following things. You can either simply subscribe so you don't miss out on any other great insights coming up in the future, you can share this podcast with close friends so they can also get the benefits of the tips and tools that we're sharing. Or it would be amazing if you could give us a review and let others know just how great this episode was. And finally, if you do have a question, don't forget to submit it on growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. Thank you again for listening. This is Dr. Rowan Harm signing out and we'll see you again on the next podcast.